Before we start today's episode, we would like to let you know that it contains a discussion around depression with a reference to self-harm and suicide, which may be difficult for some listeners. If you need resources for yourself or someone you love, please visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org or call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Links to both are in the show notes. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. My name is Suzanne Kearns, and I'm a mom and dot, dot, dot writer, LGBTQ advocate, and this week, a technical help desk for my mom's new iPhone. Fun. Fun. <laughs> I'm Missy Stevens. I'm a mom and dot, dot, dot writer, child advocate, and today, failed dog trainer. Okay. We need to come back around to that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that at notes. the end. <laughs> so today we are thrilled to be joined by our guest, Michelle Garrett. She's a mom and dot, dot, dot wife, mental health advocate and founder of Divas with a Purpose, where she helps female entrepreneurs embrace their inner diva and how to find the right for them balance between family, life and work. What we love about Michelle, well, there's a lot of things we love about Michelle. <laughs> One of them is her ability to cut through the fluff and identify the specific actions that women need to take to be successful. And she knows that as a woman with families, that time is precious. So making the most of that time is really vital. So she helps her clients get really smart about creating these daily routines for consistency and productivity that meets the unique demands of their lives. But the ultimate goal, what it all boils down to is trying to provide women in business peace of mind by being able to balance family, life, and work in a way that feels good for them. So welcome, yeah. Michelle. Welcome. So Suzanne, I just need you to like read off my bio wherever I go now. Like I need that <laughs> so I can just like insert it in like anything that I do. That Perfect. She's awesome. Oh, wait, she's me. <laughs> she is, that is you. Isn't it nice when you hear it from the outside? You're yes. like, you're right. That's, that sounds, that woman sounds amazing. And it is me. <laughs> well, we know you, Michelle, and we know Divas with a Purpose from Mom 2.0. But for our listeners who have not had the privilege of going to Mom 2, who aren't as familiar with Michelle, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do and Divas with a Purpose? Wow, that is a really loaded question. <laughs> I know. Can you make that three minutes long? No. <laughs> right. And I, it's, it's interesting because the way I would say that now versus a year ago, two years ago, three years ago is just so, so different. But in a nutshell, um, I am a diva. Like that, that, that core of it goes back down to that. And so a lot of times when people see me, they're like, diva what, right? Because <laughs> um, you know, Suzanne can tell you, like, I am far from the fluff. If we're at conferences, you're usually going to see me in leggings and a big shirt, usually a diva shirt and a backpack. So I don't, yeah, I put lipstick on for y'all today. Okay. And Thank but I was you. <laughs> oh, you got earrings. Oh, I do. Oh, you did earrings. But I learned at a really young age, I had a, a that she always referred to herself as a diva and it just kind of stuck. And as I was growing up and I learned more about life, you know, the word diva kind of changed and shifted for me. And so it's a dynamic individual with a victorious attitude. And so 
99.7% of the time, I probably don't feel like that person is the person that I'm striving to be, but it's been a part of my life. Like I officially, officially, you know, made it my moniker and set up the blog and everything 12 years ago. Wow. 12 years ago. It's going to be 12 years this June. 12 years. Congratulations. 12 years. That's an accomplishment in the land of blogs and social media. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And so overall, it just, it just helps me to show up. It helps me to put one foot in front of the other each and every single day, because I know what it is that I'm striving to be and do, whether it's personally, professionally or whatever. And then also the people that, that I seem to attract and I'm drawn to because they are all on a similar journey and we're just trying to figure this thing out (laughs) the best that we can. So we're able to kind of pick different things from each other and pour into each other in different ways. You've got great nuts and bolts type articles, like planning your week and six simple steps Mm -hmm. and those types of things. But is most of your work one-on-one consulting with people and businesses, or is it more of one to a group where you're doing the videos and those types of things? Like what's the best way for someone who wants to work with you or learn from you to get that information? Honestly, right now, and I just... I swear like every week I wake up and I say it and then something happens and makes me change my mind. Um, But I have recently realized and learned that I am not in the best space to do long-term one-on-one. It's just, I don't, I don't have the energy for it. I know we're going to dive a little bit more into that throughout our conversation. And so right now, the best way is I have tons, like I've been doing this for 12 years. So I've got tons of content. I have different courses. I have, you know, eBooks, I have uh, the video courses. I have some texts, Mm -hmm. like, you know, some people like, I just want to be off the computer. I don't want to watch the videos. So I have different products that will be able to reach different people in the way that is best for them. And I do, will do some like one-on-one like chats. Uh, I hate to have that commitment. Like I'm a commitment phobe right now, (laughs) but it's amazing we can, can accomplish in like 45 minutes to an hour. And so I do enjoy those conversations because I get excited about other people's excitement. So if there's something that you're wanting to do, or you're trying to figure it out, it's like, it's, it's, I love just being able to go in there and dissect it and listen to you and kind of give a, a different set of opinions that maybe your bestie may not say, or your family may not say, or even your business people that, you know, they may not, may not say the things that you need to hear. Um, and yeah. I have a way of saying it to where it, it sounds really nice and southerny and, and happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, it can be good to get that fresh eye on things. And so now in addition to kind of the, the work-life balance and entrepreneurship advice, I just want to say personally, I've really found your post about racial injustice, you know, conversations yes. with your teenage son. They're informative, they're moving, Mm-hmm. They're very necessary for white moms like Missy and yep. I, who are, you know, we're, we're realizing that as much as we feel like advocates, allies, you know, we're there with you, but we, we know that we have our own subconscious bias that we need to unlearn and doing the work to do that and trying to raise mm-hmm. kids to just hopefully not have to deal with all that unlearning because they're going to be anti-racist from the get-go. But that voice is so incredibly important. Do you see yourself doing more and more of that or sticking more with the business side? Cause um, I know it's not your job to educate us all on racial inequality. We right. need to do that work ourselves, but it's, it's just appreciated. So we want to say thank you it for is. it, even though that is not your obligation to inform and educate us white ladies. Um, I can, it, it's going to happen. And I, and it's just one of those things where it's a part of who I am. 
It's a part of my history. It's a part of how I was raised. I, I was born and raised in Charleston, South Carolina. Um, actually, I was born and raised on the outskirts of Charleston, South Carolina, which is, you know, I was called the worst of the worst names before I was even in, in, in grade school. You know, I can still remember going to the fair and this, you know, this cute little white boy was sitting next to me on the, the little thing where you get in the chair and it spins you around really fast. Oh, yeah. Love it. It's like a swing. I sat down next to him and I remember him looking at me and saying, you can't sit there. I was like, why not? He was like, because you're an ugly N-word. And I was like, well, number one, I know I'm cute. So I don't know. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's interesting because so much of what has happened over the past few years, there was a time where I just kind of felt numb to it because there were experiences that I have been experiencing like all my life. And I know depending on what part of the world that you lived in, those might not have been the norm. And so when this all first started, I was like, well, gosh, about time somebody started, you know, realizing that, you know, this is what we all go through in different ways. Yeah. And, um, as it has gotten to the point to where it is now, I have kids now and it's, it's really frustrating to me because, you know, you were talking about the letter to my teenage son. I wrote that when my oldest son, um, 20 this year, oh my God. Uh, I wrote that when my oldest son was in middle school. And my baby boy, who is six years younger than him, I, I could write that exact same letter to him today. Mm-hmm. And that when I when I came across that and I read it, it hurt my heart because it's like we're still here. We've made some advancements, but we're still here. You know, the, yeah. the same thoughts and in, in mind. So yes, long story short, I'm I'm still gonna have to speak out. I'm still going to, you know, say what's on my mind and do those things because it's it's who I am, it's how I was raised. And, you know, I want this world to be better for not just my kids. Maybe they'll give me grandkids, like really, 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 really long, long way. Okay, no rush, no rush at all. Uh, but I don't, I don't want them to have to have these conversations with their kids because it's just, it's like, where are we going? These are the same conversations my parents had, my grandparents had, my great-grandparents had. Um, and so it's, it, it can be exhausting. And so I do take my step back when I need to, but we, we still have to speak out. We don't have a choice. It's, it's just something that we have to do. Yeah. And right. all of us need to speak out. I know that the point came up in our last interview that we did last week, this idea of not making a decision is making a decision. And I think like your story is that, you know, this has obviously been part of your life from the day you were born. Whereas I grew up in Southern Idaho, very white community, very white neighborhood. And so it was just one of those things. I just didn't know what I didn't know. And for the longest time, just I hate to say ignorance is bliss, but it was like, oh, I don't see anyone getting hurt in my circle. And our our school system seemed to teach us that oh yes there were slaves and now black people get to vote and it's all better and it's just Ta-da! like and this, the United States school system it's just oh. and I'm even I mean I'm having those discussions with my kids too because we you know we got Texas textbooks right now and so I'm like you know, I spent some time in Texas so I I, I graduated actually from down the street from you at from Colleen High School. So yes. yeah, yeah. So we're doing some pre-unlearning with our right. kids. But yeah, uh, back to by not saying anything, you're you're saying something. So I think it's up to us to say something and make sure that we're loud about it. A lot of people, including myself at times. I mean, I'm unlearning things that have been part of my life for a long time. So it's so important to have people 
who are speaking up and then the rest of us need to echo that and come back and say yes we heard you I think that the next visit, mm-hmm. maybe we'll, we'll dive, maybe deeper we dive into, into that. other topics that moms need to be aware of. You've been really transparent in the last year about needing a self-care break. And we thank you for that. We both live with anxiety and I won't speak for Suzanne, even though I do all the time, I won't do it That's now, okay. uh, but okay. we live with anxiety. It's something that we have learned to talk about. And so it meant a lot to us that you were willing to talk about it publicly. And so we want to thank you, first of all. That means a lot to hear. I appreciate it. It does. It's, um, yeah, it's been a journey. And honestly, I didn't think I was going to talk about it. I really didn't. Um, It wasn't, it was, it was something that it was like, I was like, this is just too heavy to put out there, especially for those that, you know, know, you know, my, my brain has always been like big old smile happy go luck let's like look on the positive side of things and you know the past few years have just totally shifted and changed I still have that positive outlook because if I didn't have that positive outlook I would not be sitting in this chair today Um, but I'm learning that we need to talk more about the things that aren't so happy go lucky because like you said so many of us are experiencing it but we can't find people that we can relate to that are talking about it that can that will say like those like not nice ugly moments that we have and you're like oh wait I'm not the only one (laughs) Uh, because when you get to that point you feel like you know and and that's one of the things I had to learn because when I got to like the lowest of the low you know of course depression because it's depression and anxiety for me and so the depression was outweighing the anxiety and Mm -hmm. so when you get to that low point it's just like it's, it's selfish. It's like, what was me? Nothing. Nobody experiences this. Nobody needs me. You know, it's all of those definitive words. And you just, you can't see, you can't see like all of the, the wonderful things that are around you. And so getting through that and just some of the people that I connected with throughout that experience, even though I didn't want to do it, I was drawn. It was just one of those things where, you know, mm-hmm. just you start typing and you don't even realize what it is that you're typing or saying. And, um, and it makes a difference because a lot of it was healing for me. I do um, a lot of live streaming or I did a lot of live streaming. I'm just, I'm in a point where, um, we'll see what happens, but I love, I love watching live streams. And when I first was coming back into social media, I was on Periscope. And so what helped me to show up consistently, um, and help me heal was to get on Periscope every single day and just share an affirmation. And that's where a lot of this came from. It's just what that affirmation was, why it spoke to me in that day and just how I was moving forward mm-hmm. and the community that I built on Periscope. I miss them so much, <laughs> but the community that I built over there, they would just come and they would ask questions or they would just be there to listen and just let me know that they were there. And it showed me that it was making a difference because of the people that would reach back out to me and say something or that they would, you know, they would want to share. And I would have to say at times, I was like, let's time out. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> glad I this with you. I said, but I can't take on anything right now. So, you know, yeah. uh, find someone in, and that hurt because I'm a giver. I, I'm that person that I like to be there for people and just listen and absorb all their problems. But I had to learn that while I was absorbing their problems, I wasn't releasing it. So I was holding in all my stuff oh. and I was holding in like everybody else's stuff. And so in that time period, I couldn't do that. 
you know, I had to, I, and, and it wasn't easy, but I'm thankful for the people that appreciated it because they were able to learn something even through me saying, I, I can't take this on right now. And that has been a big part of my growth over the last few years. Cause I have to remind myself too, sometimes like, no, you can't take that on Michelle. That's not your, <laughs> that's not your struggle. That's not your journey. And then those that do confide in me, I'm able to listen help them process if need be, or just listen and then release it. And that release part means so much. And how were you able to tell for yourself that it was time to take a break? Was that manifesting itself physically? Like, I know it's so different for like, like my anxiety presents itself very physically. It's not as you would think it was a mental thing where you're feeling anxious, but mine is a, a very physical heaviness a difficulty breathing, that type of thing. And so I'm just curious, like you did like a video, gosh, was it a year ago back already? Um, where it was basically, I'm taking a break. And, mm-hmm. and so like, what was it that was like, okay, I'm taking this break and I'm going to let y'all know. So, okay. So this is where that disclosure notice might want to go up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like, I, I can, I can make light of it because like I said, I'm still here. I'm still standing, but honestly, I didn't decide on my own that it was time for me to take a break. I got to a point and I've shared this. This is, you know, I sh- I've, I've been a part of a couple of anthologies and I've talked in some smaller circles about it, but my depression got me to the point to where I no longer wanted to be here. And I took the steps to not be here anymore. And it's only because I have an amazing circle um, of people around me. I have, I have to give hundred percent credit to my mom um, because she felt like something was off. Um, she lives about two and a half hours from me. Um, and I, I, I don't even remember like that whole time period is a big blur, but apparently I had sent her a text and it wasn't like the normal, like Michelle text. And so um, mm-hmm. she was trying to reach me. She couldn't reach me. Um, and so she called my husband and he was like, um, I just saw her. I think she's fine. Um, but as moms, we know, we know no matter how old our children are, like we can tell when there's something off. And so she actually called my godmother who lives in town with me. And she was like, I don't care what you're doing. I need you to go and put your eyes on my child. Um, and my mother, my godmother and my aunt, they're, they're all sisters. Um, they saved my life. I, I definitely would not be sitting here in this moment if they had not intervened and that is why I had to take a break. So when I, um, of course, I was taken to the hospital, I was admitted involuntarily for about a week. And that was probably the greatest thing that happened to me. Um, because in that time period, I had no choice. And a lot of why I speak out is because I really don't want other people to get to that point to where it's forced upon you because things may not happen to where you have that second chance. And so I, I, I had no choice but to focus just on Michelle. I wasn't a wife. I wasn't a mom. I wasn't a blogger or entrepreneur, content creator. I wasn't any of those things. I was this broken individual that was just like a shell of a person focusing on building up. And when I was there, I came across like so many people that like, if you just walk through a mall and you see all of these random people that you think they would have nothing in common where that's, that's us. We're like all sitting around there and it's like, how'd you get there? I don't know how you get there. <laughs> how'd you get there? Um, yeah, that, that's how I took a break. And so after I was released, I went to outpatient therapy and I was in there for six weeks. And so just once I got home, it was like sensory overload. 
And so mm. I, I couldn't bring other people in. I yeah. was I was in my bubble. So the only people I was dealing with was my family, you know, my children, mm. my husband, uh, my oldest son at that time, he had just graduated from high school. He didn't even know what was going on. You know, my mom had made an executive decision to let him enjoy his summer because he was away with his father. And so mm. it wasn't until he came home closer towards the end of the summer that, you know, I sat down and had that conversation with him. And I'm glad I did because it's allowed us to have a really open conversation and, you know, I say, unfortunately, sometimes I hate that it forced my children to face things that they probably shouldn't have seen at such a young age. I swear that mom guilt comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, They are, however, very much more aware and attuned to other people around them. And so, you know, I've had separate conversations with my children. I have a, a, my daughter's nine now. So she was seven at the time. She was just finishing up first grade. And then my son, he's in seventh grade. So he was just going into middle school, I believe, when all of this was happening. And so they each reacted in different ways, but I'm able to just connect and talk with them um, in in ways that I think we probably never would have been able to before. So um, that's how I took my break. (laughs) And that's how I learned. Is that an ongoing (laughs) conversation with your kids? I'm curious from that mom standpoint, it's not something you come home and just say, this happened. Do you, how often do you talk about it or does it work its way into your everyday? It works its way (laughs) into our everyday um, because I'm still going through it. You know, anyone that deals with depression, um, anxiety, any type of mental illness knows that it's a part of your everyday routine. Mm -hmm. And so I have to, you know, I'm open with my children because there are days where, you know, I, I just want to stay in bed and we'll just keep the covers over my head. And um, everything that's been going on with the pandemic, you know, a lot of people were just like, oh my God, these kids are here forever. You know, what's <laughs> going on? But I'll be honest, um, COVID-19 was a blessing for my family. The ability for us to just have to stop and pause and be home together mm-hmm. and forced together because I think if we were still our normal, regular routine, we'd have just gone back about our regular lives. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it just, it may not have been as easily to talk about. And it allowed me to really rebuild a relationship yeah. with, kids. Um, with my daughter. I had to rebuild her trust. I mean, it right. took me a minute to realize that because, you know, she, I, I think she showed how it affected her the most because like me, she's a nurturer and she's one of those nurturers that you don't realize is a nurturer. <laughs> she's got that tough love um, going on. I'm one of her. those. So nurturing, but. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, I realized that, I don't know, it was one, I think it was like one day where I was on a new medication and the way that it affected me is that it made me super, super, super drowsy. And so I remember I had to go run an errand and I came home and it's like, all I want to do is sleep. And so I sat on my couch and I was asleep. Well, um, I had taken, I had overdosed on um, some sleeping pills. And so that triggered my daughter because, mm. you know, all, she, all of a sudden was mommy laying here and apparently like, well, if I go to sleep, I'm out. Like you can't talk to me anyways, but it was very scary for her. And so she called my husband at work. And so like he had dropped everything and came home um, to see what was going on. And I'm just waking up. Like I just, I sat down and watched TV. And the next thing I know, like I have everybody, like you wake up and everybody's like, Um, and so that's husband, I had a conversation, like, you know, we have to 
we have to know I have to I had to tread carefully um and mm-hmm. just be open with her and a lot more open with her because my 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 son my middle son um he was just like look are you feeling better now it's like yeah he's like okay as long as it doesn't happen again I'm good I'm happy you're home it is what it is and I think that's kind of like the teen typical teen boy yeah, thing teen boy. Um, but he still has his, I see his he has his moments where he's a little extra um attentive to his mama mm-hmm. but I struggled with that. What I was saying was I struggled with that because I didn't, didn't feel like that was their place. Um, and again, that mom guilt that we, that we put on there. And so, you know, I, I fought against it. And finally I had a conversation with my therapist and, you know, he's like, that's what she needs to do. That's what gives her security and comfort. Don't take that away from her. And so I just kind of fed into it. And then we slowly had conversations where it's like, okay, you know, mommy's, mommy's feeling a lot better. I'm taking my medication on a regular basis. You know, I'm going to see my doctors. I'm good. I don't, I don't need you to be so concerned and worried about what I'm doing and making sure that I'm taking my medication. I need you to be a child. I said, can you, can you give mommy the ability to just like have her little girl here? Cause you're not going to be a little girl for a long time. And so us having that conversation helped a lot. Um, and again, I had to rebuild her trust to where she saw that I was, you know, I was doing the things that I was supposed to do, but I also had to have those conversations to let them know that there are going to be days where there are not good days. And so I had to express that to them. Like Mm -hmm. if I got up one day, I'm just like, it's not a good day. Um, You know, I'm going to try, I'm going to get up, I'm going to try to put some clothing on, I'm going to try to do a couple of things. But if I need to lay down and just rest and be in this moment, I need you to let me do that. Um, if you want to come sit here in bed with me and read a book or watch TV, um, or just, just lay here and play a video game or whatever, you're more than welcome to do that. But I need to be able to, to, to go through these emotions and they respect that. Well, I'm honored that you trust us with that and shared that with us. And I know you've, you've shared this story before, but Mm -hmm. I'm sure retelling it again is probably hard. hard, but also healing. And I, I just feel that uh, these stories are gifts and that you trust us with it. I'm just really honored. So thank you for sharing that. And I think you'll, you're going to help so many people with your story. I agree. And I'm sure already have and your own children and your family with your story. I'm sure with the mom guilt, we're very familiar with that Mm -hmm. um, on all kinds of different scales. But I think that that, that dialogue and that trust that that's building or that different type of trust and that new relationship that builds out of that, I'm, I can only imagine is going to make you even closer. And then, like you said, feel more empathy or feel mm-hmm. other people's emotions and be more observant of their own. I mean, what a gift to know that, heaven forbid, if any of them ever struggle with depression, anxiety, any type of mental struggles that they know that they have you to turn to. They know that it's normal. doesn't feel normal health-wise, but it's normal as the human condition to feel and go through these things. And there's things that can help you and that there's no shame in asking and looking for help. So what a, what a gift. gift. And I'm I'm sorry that you had to go and are going through all of this to, to give all of us this gift, but but what a wonderful way to be able to turn around that experience to the projects and still, I don't know, you just seem to take 
you take all the bad and it comes out of you good. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Are you feeling good about, you know, like your soul refreshed sets and the affirmations and stuff that you're doing? Is that a healing thing for you? Or do you feel like you're still giving more from an empty well? Like how, how are you feeling about things? Uh, no, that's totally, that, that is totally a purpose um, project, a passion project. You know, all of these are things that I needed, but didn't have. So there are mm-hmm. bits and pieces of how my healing journey became, and I'm able to share it with other people. And my thing is like, if just one person is uplifted, if one person just feels and knows that there's somebody out there that loves them that doesn't even know them but that's rooting for them and supporting them and just knows that they're important that they 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 are worth being here one more day then then I've met my goal because those are the things that I probably needed and they were probably there but I just was not in that place to be able to just see it and recognize it but thanks to the amazing community that I have you know me being able to tell my story and so many people that have been able to relate to it, it kind of just causes this ripple effect to where, you know, we can continue to just, just pass it forward and make sure that we're all checking in within ourselves, but also um, finding that energy to, to pass it on to somebody else and just ensure that they're okay too. Okay. I think having your platform that you have and your willingness to talk about it is such a gift because the more we talk about it, the more we give language to it that I don't think existed when we were younger. It was not something that was talked about and it was, it was shameful and scary and just so unknown. And so it's amazing. And so special to me that you're willing to put that out there and reach your community and thereby they can reach their communities and on and on and on and put some words around it. Like you said, Suzanne, it's normal doesn't feel normal but it's normal and more people than not are going through some sort of mental health issue at some point in their life I think the biggest part of this has been also the older generation because like you said like it was just kind of whispered and talked about is that my mom was actually she's the one that told me and I can't remember if I was still in the hospital I feel like I was still in the hospital she came up to visit me and she was like I know in this moment it doesn't feel like it But, you know, this is, there's something more to this. Like, you're still here and I'm so thankful that you're here. But I really feel like just knowing who you are, that this is going to make it. And I was looking at her like, woman, do you see where I'm at? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to talk about that right now. (laughs) This is really what we're talking about. Uh, But mama knows best and she knows me. And so, you know, it it took a process and it took, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot. And it's still a process. And that's what I tell people. Like, I still, I have a standing appointment every two weeks every two weeks and there's sometimes when we talked about it like oh we need to come next week too um and there's no shame in that there's absolutely Mm -hmm. positively no shame in that i'm so thankful that it took a while to find the right for me therapist but we get along really good and i can go in there and i can just be myself i don't have to have any type of mask on i'm not somebody's mama or you know wife or friend or whatever i'm just michelle And, and he'll say my only responsibility is to be your advocate and so you know having that is something that I feel like I've not had in my adult life. And it's something that I needed because we weren't, I wasn't taught how to function as an adult. I just kind of like, hmm, okay, I'm supposed to do all the things, but what about all of this stuff going on here and in here? Yeah. It's like, I just let you out in the world like this? <laughs> it's so crazy, right? <laughs> how are we allowed to walk the streets? I don't get it. It's a regular occurrence. And I'm like, huh, I am the grown up. Yeah. It, it's yeah. me. 
Yeah, what? like I'm responsible for a whole lot. How? <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness. Well, you know what? And we're so grateful for your mom too. I mean, you're, you're giving her all the credit mm-hmm. that she deserves for realizing that mama that. intuition. Oh my goodness. And, and that you're able to be with us here today. Um, thank goodness for moms. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, and we've got mother's day coming up. So yeah, I don't mean to, I don't mean to turn this into a marketing plug, but those soul refresh sets would be yes. one heck of a Mother's Day gift, y'all. Yes. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, Definitely. But there's a lot of different options. Can you tell us a little bit about, I know that there's there's the book and there's right. the cards. Saw, there's the cards. Yeah, so, so like I said, with the soul refresh sets, it's, I have it to where there's like, you have the option to do a monthly where each month you get, you know, a card set in the mail. And then as I do the monthly set, I just, I kind of build upon what's in there. And so you can purchase those one-off ones for like someone that just, just needs that pick me up. And so each set just, it includes a card um, that has some type of motivational theme. So I know the ones that are currently on the site, I know there's like, I am where it's just really focusing on self. And so it's finding that affirmation for you that works and that you can mm-hmm. kind of put into your daily life. And so within it, there's just some really simple things. Cause I know as moms, we don't need a whole lot of stuff around in our lives anyway. We got a lot of stuff. So everything in there is meant to be where you can easily consume it or give it away to someone else to continue to be a blessing to somebody else. So usually there's like a sticker, there's some type of tip that's going to help you within your overall um, mental health and wellness. Um, something to make you smile. Stickers, because everybody loves stickers. So if you want to, yes. you know, you know, I've had some people that have put them on their, they've showed me where they put them on their computers. Some mm-hmm. people where they just pass along or just put it in some place, you know, where other people can can see it. They're even on a couple of Starbucks boards across the way <laughs> where, you know, you can oh, put the little Yeah. Uh, that, made my, that made my heart smile. Um, and so there's, I am, there's just breathe. And then there's one other one that of course my mommy brain can't remember right now. And we're going to be of course adding more into those as well. But yeah, I just, they're, they're just super simple things for you to just remind someone to take care of themselves and to pour into themselves, to give them that soul refresh moment while they're doing all the other things that we're having to do in our life. And then the affirmation. So of course me kind of sharing where the affirmations came from when I was in group therapy, one thing we had to do every day and I hated it is like when we started our day, when we came in, we had to say how we're feeling that day, how our morning was. Um, I rolled my eyes a whole lot of times. (laughs) I wasn't the only one, but we had to send an affirmation for the day. And so like when I was first introduced to affirmations, I was like, um, yeah, that's not me. That's like, not doing it. Mm-mm. And so, but the affirmations that we were encouraged to create, there weren't those little like real fluffy long ones that nobody can ever remember <laughs> type of affirmations. They were essentially like in this moment, what is it that you can say that's going to give you hope to be able to come back here tomorrow, to make sure that you don't relapse, to make sure that, you know, you are pouring into yourself. And so, when I was doing those broadcasts on Periscope each day, I would literally, come, some days my um, affirmation may be something like, I won't be here, but I guess I got it. <laughs> 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 like, I won't be here, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to try today. And so oh, I uh, love it. Realistic well, affirmations. That I could be like a whole so useful. And so it was just one of those things where I wanted to collect because they helped me so much again, that giver part of me. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to collect 
affirmations for other women that were just dealing with different things in their lives so that they could kind of pass that pass that along to other people as well. And so that's how the Diva Affirmations, the book came along and then I turned the book into cards. So it's the same affirmations that you see in the book or with the cards. And of course, folks have asked what's next. So we'll see. We'll see what's coming up. Of course, yeah. you know, I'm sure I would be doing more Diva Affirmations because we need it. We just need that, that one little thing of positivity in our life. And when you can't find the words, and that's that's the big yeah. part about it, is like when you can't find the words, there's just something for you to be able to go and just pull and say, okay, this is what I'm going to grasp onto. And this is what I'm going to hold on today in this moment, this week or whatever, so that I can continue to put one foot in front of the other. I love it. Before what a gift. we what a gift. get to our little end segment, you said something about your therapist and find having a good relationship with your therapist. And it reminded me of the toxic positivity. There's so much in our world when you're going through something and people are like, oh, you have so much to be thankful for. You have so much to live for. And the beauty of a good therapist is they're not going to do that to you. They're not going to try to out positive you. And it's so helpful. Have you found either or people in your life who are really just piling the toxic positivity on you or people outside of that therapist who can talk to you in a real way that have helped you on this journey? Uh, well, those people are no longer in my life because I created some really serious boundaries Smart. <laughs> yeah. um, that, you know, I had to purge. Yeah. And there were some people that I was very surprised that didn't show up or the way that they showed up. Um, and it may have hurt a little bit, but in the end, like I said, I had to, it was just about me. Like for the first mm-hmm. time, probably since I was like a little kid, uh, you know, it was completely, totally about Michelle. If you had something negative to say, if you kind of came with that, like you said that, like, oh, but you know, at least you're still breathing, ma'am. I don't know if I want to breathe today or not. Okay. So that's probably not <laughs> the right thing mm-hmm. to tell me. Um, I have not lost my sense of sarcasm. That is always, <laughs> that is always with me. Um, but um yeah, people, I, I, I find myself not having as much patience for people that I know do not serve me well. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are times where, you know, I know my mom's always like, you cut people off so quickly. I do. I do. And it is in that season, in that moment, because I know what I can handle. And so mm-hmm. it's not one of those things where I'm just saying we're never going to be connected ever, ever again. But if in that moment you're you're not giving me what I need, especially if I told you what I needed, like I'm not mm-hmm. expecting people to be mind readers. But if you're not giving me what I need when I've said like this is what I need from you, then you're not respecting me. You're not respecting mm-hmm. me, my boundaries. And so you you don't get to be in my space. And so because I have purposely put it that way, I do have people that are pouring into me that accept the fact that when I say, I want to talk today, or I need a couple of days to just rest with mm-hmm. everything that's going on, um, they respect that. And of course, if I, like, if I go quiet for a little too long, like they'll, they'll send me a text message and say, you know, yeah. I just want to make sure you're good. I miss you, whatever. But there's not that force where I feel as though I have to get on the phone and talk with you or, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to come visit. And thank you, COVID. That doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, those boundaries are really, really um, respected. And I'm thankful for that. And I just encourage people to create those boundaries. And unfortunately, sometimes the people that you may have to 
put on the other side of those boundaries, maybe people that, you know, you feel as though you've had a really long relationship with, they've been a part of your life for a long time, but if they can't serve you where you're at right now, you're not getting rid of them forever. You're just letting them know that, you know, we just, we just need to take a little time out for a little bit. And if they don't respect that, that's, that also says a lot about how they feel about you and what you're going through. Right. They're making you validate them in the course of pretending to help you. That's just too much. Yeah, no, oh, I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I am just, I'm soaking in all this. It's, I know. I'm the, it kind of is leading into my look, listen, learns, but I'm not, I'm not going to jump ahead. But I guess we do kind of have to jump ahead because we technically only have you for six more minutes. How, <laughs> yeah. How's your timing if we go a little long? I'm good. You good? Okay. Cause I don't want to, don't want to rush you through. Um, so now we like to finish off our show with the look, listen, learn segment where we can share some of our favorite things that we've been watching, reading, or listening to or learning recently. Michelle, do you want to kick us off? Okay. So I do all three or we oh, just you pick, can pick just one. Your favorite. Just pick your favorite. We know okay. we got you over time okay. already. Okay. Okay. So, okay. This is going to be really random, but what I've been looking at lately, <laughs> I'm taking it, taking it back old school, but I have been watching Touched by an Angel in any day now. And wow. I remember, like, I remember. I thought that Missy and, and I did the furthest jump backs. <laughs> We're usually like, have you heard this movie? It's called Dirty Dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Touched by an Angel. Oh. Oh my goodness. I love it. Like, I remember watching it as a kid, but... In the space that I'm in now, like the things that they talk about and just the like the, the life lessons are just like I cry every morning. Like that's my it's my purge because it's a happy cry because you just see you see like just the wonderfulness of life in itself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad I found it and it, it makes my heart happy. I um, watch it every morning. That's like my little wake up. Instead of watching the news, I watch it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so much, much healthier. Better much better oh my gosh I would have never guessed that one in a million years and that's awesome that's a yes bring it, bring know, it, it makes back. me want to go check it out because I know it was on the tv when I was young yeah I, I never watched it. it I've never seen it it just it, it makes you look at things a little especially because of like again like we said the stuff that you know they were talking about like this came out in like 89 I had to look at it <laughs> and so here we are in 2021 and I can still relate to so many of the mm-hmm. you know like they were ahead of their times that okay so here's my other look I get a lot of slack for this on social media but um Little House on the Prairie I absolutely love that oh, show oh yes <laughs> I absolutely love that show so those two shows like the things that they addressed you didn't realize just the, how ahead of their times there were and it's just mm-hmm. it's just like that that feel good moment where it's all wrapped up, you know, what's going to happen. They're all going to sing Kumbaya at the end. <laughs> and then now I can come back to life and be like, okay, if they could do it, I can do it too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do I love, love some that. little house on the prairie. Although I, I had to explain to my kids the other day, cause my husband and I, whenever there's like a really dark episode of something, we'll be like this week on a very special, you know, how they always used <laughs> yeah. to say that in our TV shows. Yeah. And so, you know, I said that to him, I think we were watching the Falcon and winter soldier or something. And something like someone died or something. We're like oh, this, this week on a very special Falcon <laughs> winter soldier. And I had to explain to them what that meant, mm-hmm. but I think that, gosh, I mean, even silver spoons and some of those shows oh. used to have them, but I think 
Little House in the Prairie, I think, was the originator of this week on a very very special, special moments. Yeah, Albert's gonna get in the cocaine. Or, <laughs> what, no, I guess it wasn't cocaine. What was he on morphine? It was, it was on morphine. morphine. Yeah, it was the morphine, like, yeah, like opium. Oh, and then there was, was Sylvia. Op- no one can get past the Sylvia. That was a two or a three parter. Oh, <laughs> I love you're going down memory lane of torturous episodes. I love how uh, you're focusing on the good parts, and I'm like all the episodes that took me to the dark place. So, no, there's there's good episodes too, y'all. If they made their about- way, they kind of they kind of made their way through it. Like, I. Yes. My kids even started getting invested in these people's lives. So I'm just passing on the grace <laughs> to the next generation. There we oh, go. I'm done. Okay, well, I know what I'm D. doing later today. Okay. I know. It makes me want to go pull some up and watch them. And I do feel like the older I get, the more I appreciate that tied in a bonus. Like I, mm-hmm. I love a good procedural. I love a little bit of drama. I like a mystery, but I also love to know how it's going to end. And so often... <laughs> TV does not do that or movies don't do that for you, or at least it's not in a nice tidy bow. So I, I get that, that it feels good to watch it and it's compact and done and you leave with like, Oh, here. And I thought you were going to say that getting older makes you appreciate Nels Olsen. <laughs> Listen, I, am Nels. I want to know what happens after the show ended. I feel like he just, I really feel like one day he just locked Harriet down in the cellar and was just like, <laughs> And he just walked off to like what are some of the names of he the left Lawrence, remember <laughs> oh my god he did leave mm-hmm. oh that poor man and oh oh gosh we could do a whole episode just on little house on the prairie okay yeah 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 okay what i could go all day so you better jump in here missy with your look listen learns oh okay um Gosh, I wish I had a different one queued up in my head, but this is what I was already thinking about. It, I wanted to think of something along the nice light lines we've just been talking about, but forget it. I don't have that. <laughs> I binged the Apology Line podcast. Have either of you no. heard of the Apology Line? Oh, have I you listened Michelle to shows? <laughs> I started it because I, I listen when I'm in the car usually, and so yeah. I need to take some long drives. But oh my goodness, like I listened to the first couple, and I was just, yeah, it. Yeah, so is, now I'm going to have to binge it. <laughs> yes, I need you to finish it because I do need to talk to somebody about how it ended. That's all I'm going to say. I'm there. It's um, called the give, give me a day. Line. Give me a day and I <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, it's called the yes. Apology Line from Wondery and it it's like oh nothing gosh. else I've ever listened to I love how whenever you say this stuff I like literally take notes as if I'm don't have a recording of this <laughs> and as I if you're not going to edit it and listen to it 20 times again yeah. okay I've got it written down here too just in case so that yeah all it's interesting as a podcast I think just from this is a it has a nothing to do with the content of the show but um it's a lot of old tapes like from all the way back in the 80s and so the quality isn't always super clear and because I have old ears from way back before the 80s (laughs) like at times I really have to focus it's not like a podcast you can like if you are driving around and having to focus on where you're going you might miss some of it so I ended up just like I'm embarrassed to say it but I sat very still for like three hours and blazed through this podcast because I needed to focus to really hear all of it. If I was trying to be in the kitchen and do stuff, I would miss parts because some of the audio is old. 
Um, so anyway, just a, that's just a side note. If you also have not so young ears, then okay, we will focus. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love a good new follow. I'm listening to a true crime one right now, and I need a break because actually, oh shoot, now I can't remember the name of it. It's like Crime Junkies. Oh, Crime Junkies, yeah, Crime Junkies, and I love the two ladies. I love the two ladies because it, I think of you and I, Missy, like there's one that's like the main, like the, not the sponsor, the main voice of the host, the, the of- host. What is it that we do? <laughs> what are you are? You're a host. <laughs> okay. So there's the one that's the main host that she introduces herself as the host. She'll be like, yeah. so it would be as if I said, I'm the host, Suzanne Kearns. And you'd be like, and I'm Missy. <laughs> that's how their introduction is. <laughs> And, and I'm, I'm here like, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's exactly. That cracks me up every time. But then it also. She's not there every time, is she? The one, she's not always there. All the ones I've listened to, she's okay. there. I don't know. Maybe she just sneaks in there. But then they'll yeah. always have these conversations as if, like, it's a total surprise. Be like, and guess what he found under the stairs? And then you'd be like, oh, what could it be? It's just like, oh my God, I just love it. It's just this false drama that is just so great. He made crime fun. Is her name, her name's Flowers, right? The, that the sounds main right. Girl? Is that, you know how I found Crime Junkies? How? Have you, she has another podcast that she did called Very Presidential. Oh, no. That's how I found her. And so from there, of course, you know, she was promoting Crime Junkies. So when I went uh-huh. through Very, the Very Presidential is like, it follows, I think they had like maybe 10, 15 episodes, but they gave you like the back, back, back story of different presidents in history oh. and it was just like, <laughs> like oh i want to listen to that it, oh, um, yeah it sucked me in and i was like wait he, we didn't learn that in the history books like yes you, you so look, look at me i'm writing it down these, again write it down write it down but yeah they they yeah i was I was shocked, like listening to it. My kid, again, listening to it in my car. My kids would listen to it too. And, and Veronica, my night, she's like, they didn't tell us about that. <laughs> I was like, baby, it's not going to be in your school book <laughs> at all. But yeah, there's yeah, a I lot knew. of stuff missing from your school books. Oh, way yeah, too much. That, that project, not listen. Um, Ashley does that one. And that's how I ended up on, on her crime, crime junkies, junkies one. But it's, it's good. Ooh, I'm going to add that to my list because I, I need know. something. Now that I finished the apology line, I want something else. Like that's, I like that it's not very many episodes and I can just binge it. And yeah. each episode stands completely on its own. So like if yes. you scroll through there, you can find like, oh, let me see what, uh, uh-huh. what Grover was up to. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. I'm getting a long list, which is good because I'm still not done, uh, staining my fence which has been an ongoing project and podcasts are my favorite thing for doing projects like that so so what's your look listen learn this week oh my gosh I was going to talk about this as a robbery but I've decided it's not as interesting (laughs) it's try it's interesting enough it's about an art heist at the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum Mm. It's just basically someone just turned their house into a museum. I mean, it's a big house. It's a mansion. Um, and they just decided they had like a half a billion dollars worth of art in there. And they're just like, let's just have two guys that are like high school seniors 
and in a band be our security guard. So surprise, surprise, it got robbed. <laughs> so, I, I almost watched that last weekend. We were looking for something to watch and we almost did, but then. Yeah, it's interesting. Something. It goes through a trail of like how they figured, well, they still don't know who has it, but like who could with all these mobsters and all these people. But yeah. what I am going to say, and this kind of picks up with where I say, Michelle, that we're so grateful um, for the essays that you write on racial injustice and discussions that you have to have with your sons. I was part of the planning committee for Austin ISD's Pride Week last week. Um, so I kicked it off with an ally session on Monday night, trying to basically get parents who don't have kids that are gay, who don't have kids that are trans, to care about these kids and what their life and their school is like. And I'm going to, I'm going to picture again, this Kelly Ripon. We love her. Kelly. Um, she was a guest a few episodes ago, mom of Olympic skater, um, Adam Ripon, mm -hmm. but she was generous. So generous. She shared her time that and for our main Saturday session, but she gave a great overview of kind of like what she thinks is important to be an ally. And I think it applies to whether it's LGBTQ ally, whether it's a racial ally, whatever it is. So she said, don't make the person who is being oppressed do the work. Yeah. Like basically it is up to you to do the research. Don't, don't take your one gay friend and have them answer all the <laughs> questions you have about, you know, how you can help support them. I mean, it's nice to ask, like, how can I support this is another point that another friend of mine gave that, you know, she's like, just because I'm a lesbian doesn't mean I'm an activist. Like there are people in every marginalized community who that is their thing. They, they strive to educate. They strive. That's, that's their personality. It's this perfect intersection of being marginalized, but also having a big voice and being ready to go out there and, and mm -hmm. fight the fight. Um, not everybody's that. <laughs> um, and so use those people, the information, they got books, they got websites, they got podcasts, get the information from them on how to support anyone in your life who you feel needs support, instead of just going to the one person in that community who you happen to know, or is your neighbor and try to make them your professor on all things around that subject. Mm -hmm. So that was my big learning from this week. And I knew it, but it's just a good reminder because we're lazy. Mm -hmm. We'd like, to, if we got information and we're like, Hey, I don't know how, you know, how things are for undocumented people coming over the border in Texas. How is that? I, well, I'll go ask this, you know, the one person I know who fits that bill <laughs> and I'm going to ask yeah. them all hundred questions I have about it. No. And no, if they know all the research. other people. Like, yes. oh, right. you're gay. Do you know this other gay person? Or, you yes. know, like, they don't know you. every experience of every undocumented person because they don't know them all. Yeah. So, but anyway, so don't be lazy, do the work, do the research, and then use wherever your privilege is to speak up on behalf of that person, not to speak for them, but to amplify what you have learned in your research. <laughs> And to bring it into your community, mm -hmm. into your circle of friends. Um, yeah, that's that's what I took away from Pride Week. And I'm applying it to very many different areas of my life. And yeah, I try not to make my friends do the work for me. Yeah, well, before we leave and let you go, since we've kept you well over an hour, where can people <laughs> find you? Where's the best place to follow you? 
the Instagram. I love me some Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, Diva MD Garrett is my handle. And then my blog is Divas with a Purpose. But if you go to Diva MD Garrett, you'll be able to find all my links from there. All right. We'll link to everything. We'll link to the blog and Instagram. And you have a Facebook group or is it just a Facebook page? It's just a Facebook page now because again, I had to let some things go. And so right now it's yes. a Facebook page and we'll see. But then the group may yeah. come back together again. But for right now, I've got a really great community on um, Instagram that we kind of okay. have clicked and gelled together. Perfect. Wonderful. Right. And we will, like I said, be directing people for some Mother's Day gift ideas. I think that, that yeah, we'll, we'll put I up. I think I'm about there, to order so. several. I know. Yeah. I like the card. I, I like the book idea and the card idea. I know. I was making Maybe mental lists for me while we were talking, like who I need to buy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're definitely going to put that link in the notes too. And it's called the Soul Refresh Set, correct? If people mm-hmm. are, yes. just in case people Soul don't go to the show notes. Yeah. Perfect. All Yay. right. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You're generous with your time. You're generous with your story and we appreciate mm-hmm. it so much. You're going to help a lot of people through your story and through your soul refreshing sets and the affirmations. I think that that's exactly what a lot of people could use to get a little more focus and uh, direction in their days. So yeah. I love the idea of a quick, a quick affirmation, nothing too complicated. Yes. You, you know what mom, I can't need. do complicated. <laughs> you know what moms need. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for yes. all your time. Thank you ladies so much. I just, I love this. So now look, my newest binge is I need to go binge all of the, the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. Because <laughs> oh. episode. So, all right, ladies, this has been awesome. Have a wonderful afternoon. So good to catch up with you. All right. Bye. Bye, Missy. Bye. Bye, Michelle. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show today. And if you know someone else who could benefit from today's episode, be sure to share it with them. Also, please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in the show notes over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, you can find us at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. You can find links to the group, all of our socials, and our questions and comments section over at our website, momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you so much. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.